Yes, You're Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And I'm Shelby, and I'm here with Matt. We are back! <laughs> I'm excited. Yes, high energy. It's been a whole high week. Energy. It's crazy. Oh my gosh. <sighs> Episode 12. That's wild, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's a dozen episodes for people to listen to. That is a lot. That is like a lot of time. That's like a half. That's over a half a day's worth of us talking that you could <laughs> listen to. Yeah, I mean, we're trying to sell them on this, so maybe don't lead with like, oh, oh, yeah. oh, sh- we sh- have yeah, twelve yeah. hours of us <laughs> talking nonstop. <laughs> no, it's fun stuff. They should listen. Obviously, you know what my problem is, Shelby. My problem is, is that like every, like every person who I've ever talked to about podcasting has said that I, my nose is too big to be a podcaster. <laughs> That's what they've just told me. That's it. So if you, hi, could, if you could hi, just like, hi, look at me. Will you just look at me? <laughs> okay, okay. I'm looking at you. Show. I'm you looking at look you. At me? <laughs> I'm, I'm looking yeah. at you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember the rest of the scene. Um, then uh, there's an awkward moment where Bradley Cooper, like, uh, repeatedly touches Lady Gaga's nose in a creepy well, way. Well, it's bar. more like a slow mo single pet down oh, the bridge a, of her a, nose. A single swipe. Yeah, also, her like, nose ooh. did not even look that big in that scene. I was like, my like, nose is bigger than yours. Look at my Calm nose; down. it's so big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's called fishing for compliments. It's a classic technique. I would do oh, it too. Oh my gosh, Bradley Cooper. <laughs> Uh, I'd be like, oh my gosh, isn't more. my hair the worst? Like, <laughs> talk about my hair, Bradley. What do you Every think? Every person who's <laughs> ever seen me has said that my hair is so bad. Just like, yeah. but baby, it's the, the like, it's, is it bad, Bradley? Yeah. Uh. I mean, I'll say that I haven't had the same reaction to that movie and its promotions that you have until that scene <laughs> i was sort of like what is happening i don't know if i'm like if you've ruined it for me if i've just become jaded about it or if that scene is just like a wtf moment but everyone seems really excited about it they, they're gaga for it oh my gosh uh, well, speaking of fishing for compliments, uh, everybody leave us reviews. Yes. Yeah, we need it. Our egos we need to Five be stars only, please. Yes. And yeah. especially leave nice reviews for Shelby because she's desperate. Um, we got we, we got some more reviews this week, though. So let me read one of yes, them. Um, this is from SheWolf89. So I'm assuming Shakira wrote this review. Um, yes, obviously. This podcast is such a gem. I've always been a fangirl of Shelby. Her words, her wit, her wonder. Okay, so this is actually probably Shelby's mom. So we'll go with that. Um, but this dynamic duo, Shelby and Matt, rock it. Their banter is on point and absolutely infectious. Who knew that over an hour of nonstop pop culture chatter would be so entertaining and so informative? I didn't expect yes. my life to change so much just from listening to this podcast. Ugh. Oh, so sweet. We are life-changing. I know. Life-changing and informative. We're like PBS, basically. <laughs> yes. Revolutionizing the podcast industry. No one wanted to listen to an hour of people talking until us, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, revolution of our kind and yeah. if you really like us you can follow us on twitter on instagram on facebook you can email us all at ps you're wrong and shelby has been bringing the fire to twitter i will say i Thank think our you. tweets are pretty good Thank you. That now, means so much. Wow. Yeah. It's like you just compliment my nose or something. I just feel like so <laughs> touched. Oh, my gosh. Oh, the well, critic. once once Bachelor in Paradise ended, I think our Twitter, <laughs> uh, you know, stock rose quite a bit. Yeah. Well, I hate to bring it up, but um, since you started it, um, I do have something oh, to tell you. And it's Bachelor okay. related. It's probably the last for a little while, but it's good drama and I've been meaning to bring it up, but I've been waiting for the story to really like, really like simmer a little bit, get the flavors all going Mm. because basically what happened is Bachelor in Paradise has all these contestants, rejected contestants come to find love over the summer and there's a lot of drama, a lot of drama, but um, one of the relationships that happened this year was between 
Jenna and Jordan. And Jordan is the villain from Becca's season, the most previous season. And Jenna is someone who's been like on the fringe of Bachelor of Bachelor. Who has fame a bigger a nose, Jenna or Jordan? <laughs> Well, Jordan's a model, so his nose is perfect, as he'd tell you. He has no worries about it. But Ugh. anyways, they were sort of this really, like, strangely perfect couple. They're so both sort of, like, vain and very silly. And, like, I really like Jordan. I walked away respecting him a lot more. And they fell in love and got engaged on the show. So after they have the filmed stuff they do this thing called after the final rose which is like a lot it's like a live audience recorded interview with all the main players from the season and all the couples and stuff so this after oh, yeah, the rose they do that on survivor too oh, okay yeah so you get it <laughs> yeah, but yeah. this was filmed a few weeks before it aired so it was filmed mm-hmm. live, but it was a few weeks before. So anyways, there's this guy, Reality Steve, who spoils all the Bachelor shows, the Bachelor spinoffs, all of it. He just has all these <gasps> this insider info. Oh he always gosh. gets it right. So he tweets before the after the rose, but after we saw Jenna and Jordan get engaged. And he's like, guys, have some news. And he drops this bomb of these texts supposedly sent by Jenna to a guy that she was cheating on Jordan with. And it was like, oh, I'm only in this for the fame. I don't even like Jordan. I don't even think he's like that good looking. He's so annoying. I only want to be with you. Like, I love you. You just have to let me get through this. Really, really embarrassing, sad stuff that just completely undermined their relationship we'd just been sold on. So Jordan, who's very reactive, he was like instantly got online and was like, oh, my gosh, I'm dumping Jenna. This is insane. I believe it's her. She's been so shady these last couple of days. I know this is 100 percent her. I'm done. Walks away, gets all the support from Bachelor Nation. Jenna, meanwhile, is like, no, this is fake news. I'm being targeted by someone. I'm going to get to the bottom of this Jordan I hope you'll forgive me so this is like this has been a couple weeks now with some back and forth Jordan went on a podcast and like talked more about it and Jenna posted a glamour shot of herself and then obviously an apology in the notes app and was like this isn't true we're trying to solve it we have the best forensic team on it and it's basically (laughs) trying to like say oh we reached out to reality Steve and he won't provide the original content for us to like forensically examine to prove who is how would is this lying. guy have her text like like why right. would he have her it's text moronic. messages i'm it's so yeah. confused he has screenshots that the guy sent that this like other guy sent him but it's like even if he hands us over jenna like there's not gonna be any forensic proof of like where those came from it's a screenshot it's a captured image of it of something else how he did he think to. that they were real to begin with <laughs> some guy <laughs> some those... random dude was just like hey uh this girl from <laughs> bachelor has been texting me like clearly this right. is a reach well so reality steve prides himself on on finding the truth and he says he verified it he says he confirmed it was jenna's number he got a few extra details he can't tell us but that it all proves he to have him her number 100 percent. who is he do we know I his don't last know. name so he's yeah 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 he's a very popular guy he's very successful and it's all based on this blog he created around spoiling spoilering spoilering bachelor <laughs> but How does the he drama spoil is bachelor oh well right now they're already filming the next season. No, but like, how does he get until... the spoilers? Well, because like, he... is there a mole? Like, is it a purpose? It's more like just a little bit of everyone. Like, we'll just spell a little details here and there. He's obviously like at first, his first season was just like, oh, I know the final person, and now he's like, I know who's getting dates. I know who's getting roses. Here's the exact details for this date. So it's become a lot more. And um, that's he's sort insane. of insane because you would have to think that whatever the network is would be like, okay, nobody say anything to him. Like if, <laughs> if this gets out, yeah, we're doing an investigation. People keep saying stuff to him because like, don't I mean, I don't sign, know why. Like, yeah, but he doesn't payment? out his sources. So it's like, you right. Know. But how many people are there? You know what I mean? Like, well there's a ton it's like a huge production so and some of the dates are public so some of it is like 
public sourced knowledge. People will just email this, him like, oh, I saw I the Bachelor I care much cars. less about <laughs> Jack and Jill or whatever the heck their names are. And much yeah. more about this guy who like clearly <laughs> has some inside intel, oh, sure. probably yeah. from a higher. I wonder if I it's know. all staged. They leak <laughs> yeah. the in- Has he ever been wrong? He was he was wrong once on a final couple and he was wrong but corrected himself on another couple so like he Mm. had he'd been saying something the whole time and then was like wait i just heard it's actually this person so he has a pretty good record and it's very entertaining to like read (laughs) i i'm like a bachelor fan and i still read spoilers so i think that's why no one cracks down on him is because it hasn't ruined the game really for anyone He's just a guy I who hate exists. spoilers. There's survivor <laughs> oh, really? spoilers sometimes and I never read them because it's so much it's like less fun. <laughs> if you know yeah. who's going to get voted out. The whole yeah, fun is no, that you don't know. True. Yeah, that's that's fair. It's true. But that's the that's the bachelor drama right now. Basically, it's that. And the thing is, Jenna didn't have that many followers until this happened and so people are like, "Wow, well, she oh, got what she wanted anyways." So it's a so. gimmick. Mm. Yeah, but Jordan is like a pretty simple guy. I don't think he he has the capability of like of lying. <laughs> this is all real shady. <laughs> I know. So Jenna Who doesn't knew there look was great. so much intrigue. Oh, everyone did. Everyone did. It's the Bachelor. It's the point of watching. <laughs> I thought the point of watching was the okay. Never mind. You know what? I don't want to talk about the Bachelor anymore. So I'm just going to bring out okay. something else and pretend okay, that this please. story is done. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I think film Twitter has been a buzz because the new pictures of Joaquin Phoenix playing the Joker in the new Joker movie have come out. Yes. Do you have thoughts on like, why are they making another Joker movie? Why is Joaquin (laughs) Phoenix in it? Like, like who cares at this point? Like do something else. Those are my thoughts. (laughs) I mean, I guess like at first I was definitely in your camp and I was like, I don't know, like Heath Ledger, Dark Knight, one of the greatest films like ever made. I love that movie. Heath Ledger did an amazing job. It's so hard to compete with. But I can see why DC is hoping to find like a good story that can compete in a more real way than any of their films have been, aside from Wonder Woman. And I think they tried with the the weird guy, Jared Leto's awful performance. Uh, but yeah. I'm curious about this one. Like at first I was like, okay, so this is like an origin story for this creepy dude. Like I don't. I didn't really like his non-makeup look, and then they showed the makeup, and I was like, "Oh, this is so cheesy." But what really like intrigued me was they leaked um, footage of like a scene they were filming on the subway, and it was just like a five-second thing. I don't know. There's something really interesting about it, and I heard it's taking place like before Batman, like before Batman's yeah. parents got killed. So I'm sort of like, it's like curious. during Batman's parents. Yeah, like when they were alive. And it's supposedly based on like a really good graphic novel or comic Uh book series or whatever it is. But my thought on all of these kind of character reboots is like, basically, I think you can keep rebooting things until there is like a definitive iconic version. And then you need to let it die for like 50 years. (laughs) Because if you think about the people who have been successful in these various roles of superheroes and otherwise it's because Mm. there hasn't been a better version of them already you know like the joker with heath ledger is so iconic that like just don't use that character like (laughs) pick a different bad guy there's loads of bad guys in the batman series and there's loads of other comic book stars like when with marvel all of their big hits are people who like 12 years ago, I didn't even know were superheroes. You know what I mean? Like, like, did you know who Black Panther was two years ago? I sure (laughs) as heck didn't, but they picked people and they made it iconic and they, and it was because they had no competition. This would be like, if they decided, okay, we're remaking Black Panther next year and it's a different (laughs) cast. It's like, well, what? It worked for Spider-Man. Spider-Man got like three reboots in the last, in our generation. Yeah, but the middle one was terrible. (laughs) Yeah, no, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man movies were so bad. Yeah. And really, and Tobey Maguire, like the original Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, I think is a fantastic movie. And I like him in that role, but I don't think that, I mean, that movie did really well because it was the first like superhero movie that was big Mm -hmm. budget of that era toby Maguire is not that iconic as spider-man right. that you can't do it again 
That's you know, like true. they can redo Batman because there's lots of different versions of Batman. <laughs> but like the Joker, well, like why would you try that? You know? Yeah. No, it's true. But I think they have a couple things going for them. Which one? It's like an interesting angle having it take place like a few decades ago before it gets encumbered with like the Batman mythology. So it'll be like, I, I don't guess. know, hopefully a little fresh. And also Joaquin Phoenix happens to be very talented. So it's a little more like, huh, I'm curious to see how this usually like very serious, very like drama motivated actor is going to take on like a role like this. And I think it'll do a little better, hopefully, than like Batman v Superman, because those were so like, I don't know, cheesy and action driven. So I'm excited to see them go more character driven like they did with Wonder Woman. And hopefully there's like space there to give him like room to take on Heath Ledger's. Yeah, but the but the Heath Ledger <laughs> one is so good. Like, Why are you trying? I and know. I can just I mean, Joaquin Phoenix is also weird, which yeah. has been the through line of the people who they've gotten to play Joker recently. It's They're just like, who is weird? And I feel yeah. like the Joker doesn't need like the next reboot of the Joker should be less weird than Heath Ledger. It should be like a different <laughs> angle. It should not be weird. And Joaquin yeah. Phoenix and Jared Leto are both like frigging crazy people. If they want to redo the Joker, they should get like Joseph Gordon-Levitt to play the Joker <laughs> and have him do it in a completely different way so that it's it's entirely different. Not get like the closest actor you can find to Heath Ledger and have him play the Joker again, which I feel like is basically what yeah. they've done. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm sort of I'm sort of more will open to it. I'm interested. I'm intrigued. Okay. But <laughs> Okay, what story do you got next? Okay, so this is like hot off the presses. Pete Davidson. Okay, I didn't really have any opinions on him until he started dating Ariana Grande. And now he just opens his mouth and I'm like, is this like your brand of comedy? Or like, are you just weird? Or like, why do you say things in public? They should have got him to play the Joker. (laughs) He sort of looks like the Joker. Especially with his weird dyed hair now. Yeah, but he was on Howard Stern's show. Which I've never listened to, actually. I feel like, does anyone actually, like, listen to that show, like, live? Or do you just read takeaways? <laughs> I, I do not I, know anybody who, who listens I know. to that. I couldn't even tell you where to find it. I have no idea. But he was on Howard Stern today. And he was talking about how lucky he is to be dating Ariana, which it's great that he's that self-aware. Yeah, good for him. But he was suddenly like, anytime we're intimate, I'm always, like, apologizing and saying thank you so much. I mean... I get it. I was jerking off to her before I even met her. And I was like, ew. (laughs) I was like, who wants their fiance going around like saying this stuff publicly? (laughs) No, thank you. No, thank you. No. Also, have you seen Monsters, Inc.? Yeah. Like the movie. You know how there's somebody or another who (laughs) gets like the monster who's down in the bottom and gets like his lips sucked out on that machine? And then he's like purple and like has like the screams like that. That's what Pete Davidson looks like. He's like pale with these like weird giant like purple lips. You can't, you can't make fun of him. He has like a disease. Ariana he came has for someone who He doesn't have like a of... weird no, he skin does. disease. I'm looking it up right now. Ariana claps back at someone insulting. <laughs> what are you talking about? Just space. If he has a disease, just go to his Wikipedia page. It'll tell you. <laughs> Okay, let me see. <laughs> Anyways, Ariana Grande is also weird. She is very strange. Like you cannot say that she is not. She might she's a Ariana very talented strange, singer, but yeah. she is weird. They are both weird. So I'm sort of like, whatever. Have fun. Okay. While you're looking this up, I'm bringing up my next story. Okay. Season serial season three is out, which I oh, thought really? Yes. Did you listen to season two? No. I mean, I tried, and it was boring. So, C- Serial Season 1 was obviously he odd. It's Crohn's disease. Case. What's that? <laughs> I don't know, but it affects does his it, appearance. Does it make your, sk- no, does it make your <laughs> skin look weird? Yeah. Listen, you don't want to say this. Ariana came after a blog for making fun of his eyes and his mouth, and 
So oh. you're next. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you. Uh, this is the hard-hitting journalism we have yeah. here. We are willing to correct our <laughs> mistakes. correct He's very yeah. handsome. Uh, yeah, he has great lips. You. I would slowly <laughs> caress his lips once with a southern deep accent if I if he was sitting next to me at a bar. Okay, and it just sung a song. Um, Continue with cereal. Oh, yeah, cereal. Yeah. Cereal. Yes. <laughs> season three is out. So season one was Adnan. Season two was Bo Bergdahl. It was like a weird story. I don't know why they picked that. It was a bad choice. Yeah. But season three, they basically posted up at the Cleveland courthouse for a year and basically just followed around like lawyers and police and detectives and judges and got all kinds of random stuff on tape. And then week by week, they're just like talking about the criminal justice system in Cleveland and therefore like the criminal justice system in the United States. And Mm -hmm. it is fascinating to listen to i would highly recommend it the first two episodes are out now i listened to them when i was marathon training this weekend and it is like captivating i blew through miles listening to it interesting did they release them all at once or you're no it's just the first two episodes oh yeah it's just the first couple because it's serial it's like weekly right that's the whole thing that's what i was but um like us so therefore we should have the same amount of followers as serial yes crossover appeal <sighs> maybe we could uh where could we go and do investigative journalism for yeah. a year local amc theater what's yeah. going down yeah that would be very interesting um do you have any other stories well just one and um okay. i don't know if it necessarily counts as a as a story but it was an experience so oh. i was, I was <laughs> it I happened was, to you yeah <laughs> I was at the movies. I was watching A Simple Favor, which we're about to get to. Oh, and yes. we were at the tail end of the trailers. And this trailer started. And it was like one of the greatest experiences of my life. And I hope you got to experience it, too. Because oh it, um, Gerard Butler appears on screen. And whenever Gerard Butler appears on screen, you know you're in for a treat. And this trailer takes place on a submarine and there's something about Russia and they need to rescue the president because there's a coup. Oh, yeah. And gonna, yeah. Like, this one definitely played gonna, like... before mine, but nothing about <laughs> it struck gonna... me as exciting. <laughs> they're going to like attack and there's so it all takes place on a submarine. There's like war. It's a long trailer. It take, it shows you the whole film. You're just watching it. There's a scene where they're all standing on the boat and then it dives. And so they all like lean back collectively together. Yes. Yes. Which is yes. hilarious. It was amazing. I loved it. And the best part was you go through this two minute trailer that was like a minute too long. They're t- saying all yeah, these one liners. Yeah. Gerard and, Butler's and the, like, in what fine was the movie form. even about? I still don't and, know. Yeah. <laughs> and then the title card title card comes on and it's called Hunter Killer. <laughs> and I don't know why that trailer made me laugh so hard. The title alone is just like they couldn't decide on a name for it. So they just slapped a couple descriptors on it. It just, is that the name of the sub? Is that the name of the mission? Is that the name of the Russian coup? Like, I don't know. You know, I just have so many questions walking away from it. I just, I couldn't stop laughing. Everyone turned at me and like judged me a little bit. It was really funny. Uh, no, it looked, it looked terrible. And I was, was as I was watching it, I was like, is this a sequel to like, Olympus (laughs) Olympus <laughs> has fallen, or whatever that yeah. last the movie that Gerard Butler was yeah. in, and I was watching <sighs> it with my friend Allison, and we were both sitting there like, "What is this? Like, what is going on in this movie? Like, I have no idea." No, it's just Gerard Butler. He has like, I think he has like a contract with someone somewhere that like demands he appears in these weird action flicks that no one really wants to watch, at least once a year. And I'm reticent to bring this up after our last. <laughs> storyline but the main thing that we were talking about while this trailer was airing was gosh uh gerard butler looks very tan he looks like very old because he's like has old leathery skin but now i'm worried that he might have crohn's yeah, disease so i don't want to say anything about it no yeah i his I skin looked on... your skin looked great gerard <laughs> top notch it's just sort of sad because i think gerard was at this fork in the road at some point, like where he could have been something great. And he just like took on one too many like weird action roles and he's just fallen into this 
<laughs> it's just a sad, gloomy place where he can't be taken seriously. He was in that weird The Kraken movie. He was in oh, yeah. Geostorm. He was in The Olympus Has Fallen, whatever. And it's just like, oh, there, I there just, was a couple I wish... of those, I feel like. Oh, yeah, there was. There was two. So I just, I wish he'd gotten somewhere else with that. I mean, he was in Den of Thieves this year, too, which was like, okay. Well, because for a while there, he was in 300, which was good. He was in Phantom of the Opera. He was Mm -hmm. in Law Abiding Citizen. He was in that weird rom-com where he's like a dead person. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what happened to him. I kind of hope that the same thing that happens to him happens to The Rock. Because I could (laughs) could use him to be bopped off. (laughs) The Rock has found his niche. He's found his groove. He's killing the game. He's doing great. Yeah, but his last couple of movies have not done well. So we should see. Those are coming. I mean, he's done. He's done well within the same year. He just did Jumanji, so it's not like he's a failure suddenly. Yeah, but Rampage and um, Skyscraper <laughs> were both like met with meh reviews. So. But it's okay because we have Fast and the Furious and his own spinoff show coming, so it'll be good. Thrilling! I can't yeah. wait to cover those. <laughs> Yeah, but let's get to a better movie to talk about. Let's talk about our feature presentation, A Simple Favor. A Simple Favor. Mm. <laughs> uh, Shelby, did you like this movie? What is your take on this? <laughs> I did. I did. I thought it was really fun and refreshing in a weird way. It was hard to like pin down what it was, and it worked for me, but I'm guessing it didn't for you. Your tone and your energy. (laughs) (laughs) What? No. (laughs) It's giving off a negative vibe. Oh. uh, (laughs) I will say this. Blake Lively was absolutely everything in this movie. She was phenomenal. And any Mm -hmm. scene that had her in it, I was there for. Yeah. However, there were uh, plenty of scenes in the movie that she was not in. (laughs) And I feel like that's where it sunk like a brick. Okay, well, I'm curious. So, like, this movie, I think, was sort of weirdly um, promoted. And I'm curious, like, what were your thoughts going into the film? What did you expect? Like, were you interested in the movie before? Like, what was was your experience before seeing it? So, for whatever reason... I'm very confused with New York City's movie theaters and the trailers they show because there are some <laughs> movies that I get that I have seen the trailers for like hundreds of times. And there are other movies that I think are have to be fairly big releases that I have never seen the trailer for. And someone uh-huh. will be like, oh, yeah, that movie looks so good. And I'm like, I didn't even know it was coming out. I have seen no advertisements for this. And this was one of those movies. I <laughs> had no idea that it was coming out. Really? I had never seen a trailer for it. The The first I had heard of it was it some something showed up on Twitter about how like Anna Kendrick like had a lesbian kiss with Blake Lively <laughs> in this movie. And I was yeah. like, is this like an Oscar kind of like drama where they're like playing lesbian housewives that's legitimately like what i thought this movie was going into it (laughs) so it was very different so you were surprised yeah it's interesting because like i had sort of the different experience where i was aware of this movie from like months and months ago and i think it's because one i follow blake lively so i saw a lot of instagram stuff but it like popped up every now and then and it was all over my Facebook. And I think they were really focused on like this. I think they were targeting this like social media presence instead of like you said, going out oh, to like theaters and stuff. Because mm-hmm. they first announced it was like Blake Lively pulled a Taylor Swift and deleted all her Instagram and oh, yes, only followed this. Emily Nelson's, which is the name of her character in the movie for like a day. So big whoop. But then they started premiere promoting these little like clips and stuff and there was like interviews with them and it was all very playful and silly and like funny and I was like what is this movie like it seems like it has all the dressings to be like Gone Girl and Girl on the Train and all those like girl movies but it plays itself like this weird shiny sweet little like mommy blogger stuff so I was very tonally confused going into the movie and I think a lot of people were like unsure too um because like when the first joke happens in the film you're sort of like am I supposed to laugh like 
are we laughing right. at the movie? Are we laughing with the movie? But by the time like I was settled in, I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be fun. It's like a neo-noir. It's like a dark comedy. I was all for it. And I was really swept into it. <laughs> well, because to set this up for people who maybe like didn't see the movie, it's Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively. And Anna mm-hmm. Kendrick is basically like a mommy blogger who is supposedly Blake Lively's best friend. And Blake Lively has disappeared Blake asked Anna Kendrick to watch her kid and then just like vanished Mm -hmm. and so Anna Kendrick is like then you know looking for where Blake Lively went and there's a like lots of various intrigue which we'll get into later but that's like the basic plot so it's kind of a gone girl ish kind of thing lots of reviews I saw compared it to gone girl but it's directed (laughs) by paul feig who did bridesmaids and the heat and spy Spy. and ghostbusters so basically his all of his movies are these like female centered comedies right and then now you have this movie that is like a thriller (laughs) drama but also kind of a comedy I yeah, think that's no, part I of think where it's the, like my problem with it. Came right. Because I had no idea it was directed by Paul Feig until I was sitting in the opening credits. And the opening credits, too, like very much play into this like French noir. Like it's very yes. old timey. There's French music. It's really fun and like very shiny and sparkly. And I was like, oh, so this is going to be like, it's not necessarily like, yeah, like you said, it's not like his normal comedies, which are very like slapstick, physical, like, I don't know, just kind of crazy extreme comedy but once i realized that he was the director i was like okay i can get on board with this because spy i loved and it's Mm -hmm. basically a comedic take (laughs) on a spy movie so i was like okay this is going to be a comedic take on a thriller (laughs) like one of these gone girl thrillers but i wasn't ever really sure which parts were supposed to be jokes and which parts weren't And Mm -hmm. so I think I had trouble, like, especially in the second half of the Mm -hmm. movie, pulling apart the pieces and trying to figure out what exactly this movie was trying to be. And then if it delivered or not on what it was asking to be seen as. Yeah, I mean, I think the problem is that it's not like a parody film. Like, it's not like satire, like spy or something. Like, it's really just like... He read this book and thought, wouldn't it be fun to be more playful with it? And so it's sort of yeah. like, I don't know. it is based on a book. <laughs> yeah. And it's a very serious book, which was part of my confusion going into the movie because I was at work and I was it? like, no, but I was talking to my boss and I was like, she's like, oh, I'm reading this book, A Simple Favor. And I was like, oh, that movie looks so funny. And she's like, what? No, this book is very serious. And she told me about the plot. And I was like, huh. (laughs) And they take some serious liberties with it, at least the ending. And um, so it is like, it's funny that he read this and thought, okay, I can have fun with this. And I think, you know, he wanted like, I was reading this interview with him and he was talking about how he wanted to like try something new, but how he still wanted to rely on these sort of like out there, like, raising the stakes on these general formats and so he was talking about how making a thriller is a lot like making these r-rated comedies where it's like you need the dark elements but you need to make them like fun he wanted to like relish in these dark sort of messed up characters but still have a fun time playing with them i guess so i don't think you were ever meant to laugh at the characters you were sort of just like in the situation and it was sort of zany and glittery and and polished and i don't know i just had such a grand time watching it (laughs) well all of the reviews that i read and all of the coverage that i have seen has been very hyperbolic on how great blake lively is in this movie yeah i read an article today that was like this is the resurgence of blake lively people (laughs) have been counting her out but she's a great actress she's destined for like oscar glory in the next (laughs) couple of years and they quoted you know the shallows which i never saw but i think you really liked that yes I that did she like was in, it. and they said that she was really good in the age of Adeline, which I also didn't see, but that she's been kind of pushed into this corner of girly chick flick movies when really girl. she yeah. is a lot better actress than that. And I definitely thought that that came across to this movie. She is one. Her costumes are incredible. Oh, she yeah. is wearing these insane pantsuits and all of the press tour. She has just been wearing pantsuits, just like 
crazy like neon pantsuits like sometimes it's just like the jacket with like a bow tie there's like Mm -hmm. nothing like no shirt it's like very the outfits are fantastic yeah no she's her own stylist which is very cool i think most celebrities will just end up hiring someone to curate their outfits but she's very proud of her her fashion taste and her like angle so it's interesting to think how much she had on the costuming in this movie as well because i honestly i think the costuming was such an interesting and important part of the film like just because you know emily or anna blake lively's character emily is very like poised she's very you know she's this chameleon who thrives on the attention but keeps everyone else around her at bay and she's always very intensely aware and thriving because everyone's so interested in her and she doesn't have to pay any attention to anyone else so she's always wearing these very like i don't know just structured costumes very loud outfits very polished looks and she looks kind of untouchable and far out and un she doesn't fit into the environment which is this very suburban connecticut situation well, and she works for like a big ad company in New York City. She's also like a con woman. So I yeah. feel like that fits into the outfit choice as well. She has yes. like a couple beret kind of looking things she wears at different it. points. Yeah. And then obviously you have Anna Kendrick's character who is, you know, she's Stephanie Smothers, which is like the most on the nose name you can give a mommy yes. blogger. Yes. And she wears these really like girly Martha Stewart homemaker outfits. At one point, she's wearing a sweater and a skirt that both have pom poms on them. <laughs> They're like not yes. matching. They just uh, both have like oodles of pom poms. <laughs> yeah. And she's like very, yes, it's just such a funny character to see Anna Kendrick play. And. And then, of course, her character becomes more obsessed with the glamour and the glitz and her outfits start to change to kind of adapt to the world she does want to infiltrate, which is obviously Blake Lively's. And obviously she never gets the stature of this gorgeous blonde Blake who's like rocking these insane outfits. But you can start to see the like influence of this other world come on. And so I thought it was fun to see how this movie played with the feminine in non-traditional ways because usually you just have Mm -hmm. like you have the virgin and the horror complex where it's like oh this is the pretty good girl and this is the sexy bad girl but here it was more like there was a lot more fluidity between the two and even their character arcs which is interesting it's Paul Feig because he's famous for like wanting interesting females that aren't like just strong and aren't just like complicated but they're just real people and like weird people and and you see that in these characters who aren't really that likable when you whittle them down to like the bare bones of who they are they're not really redeemable because they both have weird secrets but they're interesting to watch play against each other and I loved their friendship and I loved that it was never like oh I never liked you I was just using you like it was a real friendship weird and and bad though it was it was like (laughs) these girls actually did really like each other and want to be there for each other and it's very strange to watch them try and like outsmart one another on top of that well kind of I don't know (laughs) I feel like the friendship was Sort of like Anna Kendrick was obsessed with Blake Lively (laughs) and Blake Lively was sort of stringing her along because she needed her to watch her kid. I don't know. I just like, yes, but I think Blake Lively's character for reasons that would spoil the plot couldn't always have connections with these women she knew. She didn't always feel like she was understood or embraced. And for whatever reason, she like allowed Anna Kendrick into her life. But eventually she was like, this girl's fun and she was looking out for her and she was trying to be on her side. And then like in the end, I think it was still like there was that friendship there and it was an interesting friendship that you don't see explored in movies usually because it was so over the top and crazy. Well, Blake Lively, I felt for me and and that character that Blake Lively is playing of, mm-hmm. I don't know, the like super like independent woman who's who doesn't feel the need to fit into stereotypes or play the game that the world wants her to play Mm -hmm. is one of my favorite types of characters i feel like lady mary is that in down abbey marjorie tyrell is that in game of thrones like i love those kind of characters and Mm -hmm. so i just found her mesmerizing to watch all of the scenes in the first like half hour of the movie that she is in it i found so interesting and then 
which they say right at the beginning, she disappears. Like all of her scenes in the first half of the movie are basically flashbacks. Mm -hmm. And then there's this whole middle section of the movie (laughs) that is basically just Anna Kendrick, like running around like a crazy person. And me and my friend who are both watching, we're just sitting there and we were like, when is Blake Lively going to come back? Like this movie is dragging. I can't watch Anna Kendrick like make another uh, lunch box for her kids <laughs> or you know uh, try to like but that's the thing is it has place. to build it the suspense so it has to build the the like well what's gonna happen next it has to give the tension there so you have that anxiety about like well where is this going what's gonna happen who's gonna pop up and I don't know if you're not an Anna Kendrick fan or something but I thought she did really well in this role where usually she has to play these like acidic sort of like grumpy characters and here she's playing like the perfect little happy mom and it was fun oh, to see her so get unnerved yeah <laughs> you so you thought Andrew kendrick was playing against type yeah i mean because you look at like the grumpy girl in pitch perfect and she's always like too cool for school she doesn't want to be bothered with this crowd she doesn't claim to understand or want to be involved in and it's like i don't know what other movie she's in suddenly i really just think of pitch perfect one two and three because I just felt like she was the exact character that I have seen her in in about 10 other movies. I think she's what the movies? same character in Out of the Woods. She's the same character in The Accountant. The scene where they have her rapping in the car, I was yeah. like, okay, this is <laughs> yeah. enough of Anna That's Kendrick. An Anna like, Kendrick I've moment. had enough Yeah, of it's her. like cups all um, over again. Right. I mean, she was like, she was, I thought she was good in this, but I found her, and maybe it was just because Blake Lively was <laughs> so captivating that good. any scene that Anna Kendrick was in without Blake Lively, I was like, next, next, <laughs> like, let's get on. Let's get on to the part where Blake Lively comes back because you know she's the lead of the movie <laughs> and it's oh, she's only been in five scenes, so she's definitely coming back. Yeah, yeah. Should we should we put a spoiler alert so we can I talk just a little bit more? That. Oh, perfect. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so spoiler warning. Because I think it is... It's like an interesting movie because these twists aren't necessarily like original. They are very much type for this style, but they were still fun to watch. And I think that's to the credit of the actors because you have Blake Lively, who obviously we can't see enough praises. You have Anna Kendrick, who we're maybe split on. And you have Henry Golding, who's fresh off of Crazy Rich Asians. And he's playing the husband of Blake Lively who's this failed author. Well, he was a successful author, but hasn't written a book since. So he's sort of just the handsome face of this supposedly perfect home. So basically, yeah, Blake Lively's character disappears. And then Anna Kendrick starts to bond with Henry Golding's character and eventually moves in. And um, this is the part where you thought it was boring because she starts to realize, wait, maybe... Blake Lively isn't dead. But I thought that was some of the most fun in the movie was like seeing her become unnerved and unsure how to like settle into this life she so desperately wants because, you know, Anna Kendrick's character is a widow and she has a dark secret of her own, which is weird and gross. Yes. But but she like wants this like perfect house, this perfect husband, this perfect life and she gets it. But then things start to go like awry and uncomfortable. And I thought one of the best scenes was when she was cleaning out the closet. She was moving in and then she goes back in the closet. Everything had been put back in its exact location all over again. It was just like such a great moment that just reminds you of like all those old classics, like all the Alfred Hitchcock movies, all those like noir films where you're like, oh, there's just a moment where it's like dun dun and you're just left unsettled and feel very creepy. Yeah. 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 That's that's (laughs) that scene scene was fine. Yeah. Well, (laughs) so here so here's the issue. Okay. Obviously, Blake Lively is not dead because she has to come back. Like, she can't only be at the beginning of the movie. But we do see her dead body. So Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, she has a twin. There's going to be a twin. That's going to be a twin (laughs) twist. Of course, yeah. Like, I'm ready ready for it. Like, give it to me. However, this movie had, like, 65 
twist to it. Yes. There's, <laughs> and so many weird backstories. Oh, Blake Lively, not only was she a twin, but she was a triplet. And her, but the, one of the triplets died during childbirth. So then her and her twin were like abused by their dad. So then they murdered their dad by burning <laughs> down the section of the house that he was in. And then they were on the run, but they couldn't go on the run together. And then the sister was a heroin addict. So then Blake Lively had to drown her twin sister in order to... Uh, <laughs> what, because the sister was blackmailing See, her, but then also this, she faked her own like, death. I'm so happy to hear it. It was so fun to watch. I was just like so into it. I don't know. I mean, maybe it was my low expectations, but I was just like, this is so fun. It's like... I was just so <laughs> confused. And everybody in my theater, theater like when sh- when you get to the point where, um, where it's the final confrontation scene yes. and they're in the room and, oh, Blake Lively or... Anna Kendrick has a fake gun, but then she also has a camera. But there's like six twists that are like boom, (laughs) boom, 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 right in a row. My theater was pretty full at this point. And people were like, what? What is happening? (laughs) Like people were laughing. You could tell that people were not like buying in on the twists. And this is where my real question arises. Is that did he pick this material because he's a comedy writer and he found the amount of twists in this book so laughable (laughs) that he like made it kind of as a spoof? Like there are so many twists in this movie or are the twists supposed to play as real twists? I couldn't figure out what I was supposed to feel at that point. No, I think it was supposed to be fun. I mean, what my what my boss told me was that the book ends with both of them framing the husband. So it doesn't even have that final act. It just kind of ends with them getting away with it and blaming See, the See, I sort of wish that they had done that. <laughs> but for me, I think it was like, you seem to think it was lazy writing or like bad scripting. But to me, I think he was having fun with this crazy concept where you have the same idea in Spy where just like this crazy spy thriller, everything goes wrong. And yet it all sort of works out inevitably. And here it's the same idea as like, all these things just outrageously happen and it's all in this cheesy contained scripted environment where it's literally being live streamed to this woman's blog vlog of desperate followers it was self-aware enough that i thought it was in on the joke that it was making you know See, I feel like I did not get enough <laughs> slick signposts telling me this is a joke. I was watching it and trying to piece it together. And then you have Anna Kendrick's weird backstory where like <laughs> yeah. she slept with her brother, but then her brother and her husband like drove into a like had a car yeah, accident like that was maybe an accident, suicide. but not really. Yeah. <laughs> I was so like there were so many things going on that once I got to the second half, I was just lost. I was trying to piece together what was happening. And basically, Blake Lively has taken out a life insurance policy for like $4 million for her kid and then just randomly on the fly decides that she's going to fake her own death to get her kid. It was was a lot. (laughs) I was sitting there taking notes and I felt like that that gif where Charlie from It's Always Sunny has like all of the yarn and stuff on the board and he's like this is a theory like that's what I was trying to do like frantically while watching this but maybe I just went in with the wrong attitude because I thought it was going to be a lesbian drama (laughs) yeah that could really really set you thrown me off yeah (laughs) I can see what you mean and I don't know if I'm giving too much credit to Paul Feig or the script writer but to me it just like was refreshing to see these women who were just playing these weird characters and like having fun with it. Their costumes were amazing. The like setting was amazing. Like even the side characters were kind of jokes and tropes in their own way. Like you had the detective who was suspicious and like having fun with it. Oh, the artist with the knife. She (laughs) was pretty funny. Yeah. And you had the neighbors who were all like gossiping about them all the time. The like fellow Oh yeah. The other moms. You can't even like talk about it without laughing. Like it's a mommy blogger thriller that's like about who done it, and it's this cat and mouse yeah. game between two very dis- different women. These characters were never like stereotypes. It was never like, oh, these dumb or emotional women who were making drama where there wasn't any, and they weren't like crying and they weren't like pointing fingers. They were just like dealing with what was handed to them and just like going through this zany story together and looking totally stylish doing it. And so maybe I just had more fun with it. It has done really well in the box office. I mean, yeah. not like amazingly, but on a $20 million budget, it's made $42 million. It's 
It didn't have a huge drop off into its second week, which is good. And it has an 84% on Rotten Tomatoes, which when I was looking at that score, I was like, this seems straight. This seems high to me. Like, this is a high score for a movie that I found like so convoluted. And it was interesting (laughs) because reading their reviews, most of them were like, so fun to watch so like like, colorful Blake Lively's great the uh, the (laughs) actors are great they're like the plot makes no sense but the (laughs) but the acting was so much fun once I got on that page I was like okay I can get behind that this was like a fun movie to watch that we like shouldn't take that seriously yeah but it also like I want to be clear I think it was very like smartly done and I think it wasn't like oh let's all laugh at this movie I think they were very aware of what they were making and I think they did an excellent job because otherwise it wouldn't have been as funny it would have been you know like Ghostbusters where it just kind of fell flat even though it was trying so hard and I think this was like a perfect storm a perfect cast a sharp like script a very like fun story arc and just this director who really like had had a blast making it and like I don't know like yeah the plot points maybe were like kind of crazy but it still made sense to me like I was still like oh yeah of course they're gonna now pull the gun on each other and of course it's gonna turn out to be this and it was just like it was good like I thought it was a good movie I thought it was fun to watch I would not say (laughs) that it's funny and I also wouldn't say that I thought it was like a well put together movie (laughs) I thought it seemed slightly disjointed. I don't know. Mm. It, I thought that Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick <laughs> were like trying their hardest and were really doing a great job. And whoever did like the visuals and the sets yeah. and the costumes, huge props to them because mm-hmm. they did a fantastic job. I think what my where my problem is coming is there is a disconnect between like their this novel and then this movie. <laughs> and I feel like the trans somewhere in that translation process, something happened that did not quite (laughs) like like, fully make it then to the audience yeah I think what was interesting though was that it wasn't necessarily about the backstory like it didn't matter why Blake Lively got to where she was it was more like about how the story was happening in Anna Kendrick's character's eyes because it wasn't like necessarily important that there was a twin or that they murdered their dad except that it meant Blake Lively had gotten to this point where she was this cold cool woman who didn't take crap from anyone and was like willing to (laughs) disappear for years so that she could get a payoff so she could live happily ever after away from this like fake world she no longer wanted to be a part of like this suburban world. Well she wasn't even really doing the the crime to get away from the world she was more doing it because she wanted to give her kid all that money because they had because they were poor right so she just hated the like she so hated the suburban she was, like, world sacrificing for her kids yeah and so That's I, what mean, I took from it yeah i just thought the story was more about like these women and like their battle for like placement in this strange <laughs> hierarchy that they are forced to compete in and I mean, Blake Lively's character is like rich and she's successful. And even if they're buried in debt or whatever, there's like a level of success there that she's still unsatisfied with. And it seems like they're both just like climbing and clawing to the top. And I think it was interesting to watch this competition. So maybe I didn't care as much about like how the backstory pieced together to like solve the puzzle. Well, I am glad that you have found (laughs) these, like, social justice morals somewhere hidden in this movie. Yes. Um, Because I was lost, (laughs) but I'm, I'm, you know what? I think that this movie found its audience, which, uh, good, good on, good on Paul (laughs) for that. Um, Apparently, he was marketing in the correct place, not in the AMC theaters of New York (laughs) City, but on social media. And... Yeah, I mean, I, I, if I was to rate the, if I was to give this movie a grade, I would give it a C. But really, that's yeah. so funny. I mean, I can, I get it. I see your complaints. I think I just had more fun at it, and I'm not sure if I can articulate why. I mean, it was just, <laughs> it was just fun. I'll say this: I think that in my rankings, it is currently directly below skyscraper. <laughs> 
So I think mine. I think it's take like with top that what 10 you will. right now. Honestly, I do. Oh my gosh! I know. I'm what? Like, yes, I could talk more about this film. I think, especially now that I think you don't like it, I'm like, wait. But have you thought of this? Oh but word. I won't. I won't subject this is you to great. that. And you know what? I because here's the thing, which bring it back to a completely different movie. But like, you did not go see Mamma Mia too. <laughs> I saw Mamma Mia 2 and it is and it is like on the outside of my top 10. I think it's maybe like number 12 <laughs> or 13 for me. And I felt like that the reason why I love that movie so much is because it like knew exactly what it wanted to be and it did it perfectly. And it, oh my gosh, it was so much like it was such a fun movie. And that's like <laughs> yeah. I wanted this movie to either be like that or to be like Gone Girl and it was like <laughs> clawing in the middle and I couldn't figure out like who it was supposed to be. That is so funny because I thought it like found itself and was very confident in itself and was like totally owning <laughs> what it wanted oh to be. Gosh. So I don't know. We're at it. <laughs> we're at a standstill. I don't know. We'll have to do like a poll and see what our what our listeners think. <laughs> yes, on social media, you can ask yeah. <laughs> them. Uh, do one of those little things on Instagram where it's yeah. like uh, you can choose an option. Do, do you like this movie? <laughs> Would you give yeah. it a C or or put it in your top ten? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if you didn't, if you didn't love that, what what did you love this week? Anything? Okay. Love it or hate okay. It? I have a love it. Oh, good. Well. <laughs> it's mm, it's like a uh, it's it's kind of a love it okay so basically avril lavigne dropped a new single oh, this yeah. week it was her first single since 2015 so it's been a while oh, wow. and sh- that was like a random weird one-off she hasn't had an album since 2013 Liz- the single is fine it's whatever i mean it's it's okay but i was like listening to it and then i went back and listened to old avril lavigne music and i was like she's so good she's such a good mm-hmm. singer she has so many catchy songs she's only had five albums which seems wild to me but her <laughs> sixth one is apparently coming out i'm super jazzed for it she just has like such a great voice and i love the like the vibe that she's got going on yeah and apparently i was looking this up she had horrific lyme's disease and basically was like non-functioning for several years in between and that's why she hasn't released an album or done anything recently and people thought that she had actually died (laughs) at one point yeah and she she hadn't and so now this song is about like you know coming through that so it's more of a ballad thing which isn't really my speed but i'm excited (laughs) for yeah i'm excited for her next (laughs) album or for the rest of her album because hopefully there's some more like punky hits on there which i'll be more up for were you an avril lavigne fan ever i was yeah i definitely like jammed to that girlfriend song and oh yeah skater boy all of that but i haven't listened to this new one yet i keep meaning to and i keep forgetting are you are you like a ballad person i feel like this is super ballad it's like an adele song <laughs> oh i mean yeah probably i'm i'm probably skew on that side i guess i don't know i'll i'll listen to it we'll i'll report back how ballady? Like, you really mean Adele, or do you just mean like it's a slow Avril song? Because she she also sings like I forgot the name of it, but it's like it's a- complicated. <laughs> no, but she sings some slower, like sentimental, sappy songs. This is this is vi- I feel like this. I mean, it's called um, oh, what's it called? It's called Head Above Water. It's all mm. about how she's like you know coming. It reminded me a lot of that song that Kesha had. Um, oh yeah that's a good you know that one that was yeah Mm -hmm. yes it it has that vibe to it so if you like that okay i'll check it out for sure okay yeah thank you (laughs) okay how about you love it or hate it i loved it i um so after the emmys i fell in love with hannah gadsby so i decided to watch her netflix comedy special called nanette and have you seen it yet oh no oh my gosh okay so this is not your typical comedy special but it was so good and it's is like it stand up yeah yeah it is it's a stand up okay. set and it is one of the most talked about like netflix comedy stand up specials they've ever released and it's worth all of it she's like this comedian from tasmania i mean it's a weird comedy because it's not actually like it's not actually like a typical comedy show and i actually started crying What's by the end of it, it? basically oh, it's like sad. Yeah, no, she's just like, 
she sort of starts telling the story, this like classic funny story about some homophobia she encountered. And then she tells this whole set and she's just exploring like, is comedy valuable? She's talking about homophobia, misogyny, like power trips. She's going into all of it. And it was so good. It was so well done. She's just this master of like tension. She is such a good speaker comedian she was making me laugh and then suddenly she just like sucker punches you right to the face and it was like such a good talk on what comedy is and like what's valuable and it was like really smart and interesting she talks about her art history major it was just so different from anything on the comedy scene right now and it is so good and i can't recommend it enough i think it should be like required viewing for humans these days oh my gosh (laughs) wow i know um are you a big stand-up person like do you watch a lot of stand-up comedy i've seen a lot of the netflix ones because i i've never been to like a live one i don't necessarily follow the comedy scene so i don't like know a lot of these people but if it pops up in my feed i'll watch it and i don't always like Love them, but I've liked a couple of them. I mean, I love John Mulaney so much. He's probably my favorite. So more of the happy. (laughs) I have just a general dislike of all stand-up comedy. I don't know what it is. It's just like doesn't, I don't know. It just like doesn't do it for me. But maybe I'll watch this one. Yeah, you should watch this one. I mean, she takes on the whole comedy enterprise. She really... She really dresses it down. It's it's really interesting. And it's just very cool to see her talk about her story and kind of see like what comedy robs people of because you always have to set up the punchline and then you just leave it at that. And she sort of talks about how there's always more to the story. It becomes like basically a TED talk. I swear it was so good. I was just like, yes, <laughs> I told everyone to watch it. Bo Burnham's last comedy special? Mm, no. Because I want to say it's maybe called like Make Happy, I think. I and I feel like it. it has, it's, it's, I mean, I, he is not um, gay or a woman, so it doesn't have yeah. like that <laughs> aspect of it. But he like suffers with anxiety and yeah. it's a lot about that and like going through life carrying that weight. And so it kind of has that same like serious but funny kind of like juxtaposition like very like heartwarming but sad but also funny at some points so i don't know you might want to check that out i love i've loved bo burnham for forever so he's like the only person that oh yeah 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 he did eighth grade obviously that's right yeah okay that's right yeah no this is a good one and i just want to drive home that it's like worth watching i've already gotten like four people to watch it and they all agree so it's not just me so (laughs) wow so even if you disagree with my a simple favor take like don't let that influence you like please (laughs) i'd rather you give this a chance i don't know it sounds like it might have the similar problem of a simple favor is it comedy is it not what's it trying to be Uh, no it's worth it (laughs) i think this is everything then for this week um what do we have coming up next week i can't even remember we're talking about maniac which i'm sort of excited about oh yes the new netflix show i haven't started but i think i have to give myself time to watch it because i hear it's sort of like a brain twister so (laughs) oh i i hope it's a brain twister it's emma stone and jonah hill and i if it's at all like westworldy i'm going to be very into this so (laughs) Okay. Maybe we'll have the exact wait, opposite. That's not uh, fair because takes next week. I have, I have a wait. I have a complaint because a simple favor what, okay. may not make sense, but you watch Westworld and that show makes zero sense. And it's like, what is happening? How is this happening now? What time is it? What's going on? So how come? How come you won't give the same like? <laughs> the same chance to a simple favor to just have weird twists that may not line up. You know. Have you thought well, about that? I, well, it the reason why <laughs> I didn't like A Simple Favor had more to do with the fact that I was bored in the middle of the movie <laughs> and then just confused in the whole second half okay, and then okay. was also confused emotionally as to whether or not I was supposed to think things were funny or not. Like yeah. when she gets hit by the car at the end, I was like, <laughs> wait, is, is this fu- is, was this it's a joke? Dark was this not a comedy. Joke? That's the point is it's like oh you gosh. laugh because you're uncomfortable and it's like. It's like the Stepford Wives. Did you watch that? Did you enjoy that? No, I've never seen that. Oh my gosh! No, it's that's a good like a one. movie from like the nine. Nicole Kidman. Is <laughs> yeah. That, is she in it? Do you not watch movies from the nineties? Are you? No, but it's just like ageist? I wasn't probably allowed to see that when I was I a think child, it was in the and 2000s. it was out. 
first of all. But yeah. Well, it's a good so one. what was it rated? Because my family was, I was an oldest child. See, here's the thing you don't understand, Shelby, <laughs> is that when you're the oldest child, you have to live under very strict I think I watched rules. it in college, okay? So let's just calm down. But it's also rated PG-13. Well, and I was it came studying out in, 2004, in college, so, so you know. <laughs> anyways so, my point so i is, was 13 at that point <laughs> my i think and my final say is that i think if you like those like dark comedies if you like the it was just like a refreshing fun take on the thriller which is a very tired concept now you have gone girl you have these like oh who done it who murdered what's the twist now and this is just more like oh we can have fun we can dress up and make this pretty and have like flirtatious interactions with these best friends and it won't have to be dramatic and i loved it you know shelby i haven't invoked this yet but i think <laughs> i'm going to have to right now um p.s you are wrong <laughs> No, we the we, name of the podcast yeah. says it all. <laughs> no, I just, uh, <laughs> you're obviously not the audience for this film, and that's fine. Okay, okay, we'll blame it on that. We'll blame it on that. Yeah, yeah it was a great movie. I just wasn't the right person for it. Yeah, um, exactly. You just don't get it. Follow us on social media. <laughs> Send us a review. <laughs> Come back next week. We're talking about Maniac. Hopefully, yeah. it's better than this. Yeah, and we'll and we'll okay. see you guys next week. Yeah, Bye, yeah, everybody. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>